Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Washington University Emergency Medicine Journal Club podcast, September 2016. This month's topic was kidney stones, or more specifically, medical expulsive therapy for kidney stones. Usually we're talking about Tamsulosin or Flomax. Occasionally people will look at nifedipine for medical expulsive therapy, but for the most part we're going to be talking about Flomax. Now we've actually covered this topic before, although it's been about eight years. When we looked at this in 2008, our results and conclusions were based primarily on a systematic review and meta-analysis that came out in the Annals of Emergency Medicine in 2007. Uh, in that paper, they found that tamsulosin and nifedipine may improve moderate-sized distal kidney stone expulsion rates compared to standard medical therapy alone. Now, that was stones at the time, 5 millimeters and more. Since then, a lot of big randomized controlled trials have come out, and so we wanted to look at the new evidence and also take a look back at that meta-analysis. The meta-analysis was called A Systematic Review of Medical Therapy to Facilitate Passage of Ureteral Calculi. Now, as I said, this was published in the Annals of Emergency Medicine in 2007. So these guys looked at PubMed, Embase, the Cochrane Controlled Trials Register, and pulled studies comparing stone expulsion rates in patients receiving alpha antagonists or calcium channel blockers to those not receiving these agents. They ended up with a total of 22 articles that they included in their meta-analysis. Uh, 16 of these trials looked at alpha antagonists with a total of 1,235 patients. The outcome that they were looking at in these studies was stone expulsion at four weeks. And their meta-analysis favored the addition of alpha antagonists to standard therapy with a relative risk of 1.59 and a 95% confidence interval of 1.44 to 1.75. This results in a number needed to treat of three patients. Adverse effects occurred in about 4% of the population, dizziness being the most common adverse effect, and only one patient had to discontinue therapy for asthenia. So pretty low rates of adverse effects. They also looked at calcium channel blockers. There were nine trials included in that meta-analysis with a total of 686 patients. Again, looking at stone expulsion by 28 days, they found that calcium channel blockers improved stone expulsion rates with a relative risk of 1.5, 95% confidence interval 1.34 to 1.68, and a number needed to treat a 3.9. So as I said earlier, this meta-analysis seems to demonstrate improved stone expulsion rates with both calcium channel blockers and with tamsulosin. Now, unfortunately, there were some big limitations. Most importantly, the studies that were included in the meta-analysis were overall not of the highest quality. Uh, the Haddad score that they calculated for these studies, the median was two, and they ranged from one to three. Remember, the Haddad score goes from zero to five, with five being very high methodological quality. Unfortunately, none of the studies included were blinded, which is pretty big limitation. There were problems with randomization and allocation concealment in several of them, and problems with follow-up issues in a lot of them as well. So, not the highest quality studies. Put them all together, you don't have the highest quality meta-analysis. Now, that's not the fault of the authors of this meta-analysis. That's a fault of the studies that were out there. They looked at what was there, and this is what they came up with. So, since then, several large, randomized, blinded studies have been done that looked at this topic, and that's why I thought it was worth revisiting this and doing another look at the literature. So, the next big study to come out on this topic was Tamsulosin hydrochloride versus placebo for management of distal ureteral stones 
a multicentric randomized double-blind trial. This came out in 2010 in the Archives of Internal Medicine. This was a prospective, multicenter, placebo-controlled, randomized trial conducted at six French emergency departments from February 2002 to December of 2006. They enrolled adult patients with radiopaque distal ureteral stones between 2 and 7 millimeters in diameter. So important to note here that they did specify stone size and limited it to these small to moderate sized stones between 2 and 7 millimeters. All patients got admitted initially and treated with ketoprofen and fluoroglucinol, and I had to look that up, but it is an antispasmodic agent. I think it's important to note that all patients in this study got that. It's possible that by using that that they masked some of the effect of tamsulosin. Something to consider. Patients were then randomized to receive either tamsulosin, 0.4 milligrams a day, or placebo until they either passed the stone or 42 days had passed, whichever came first. They ended up with 122 total patients in the final analysis, 61 in each group. And they found that the hazard ratio resulting from the comparison of time to stone expulsion distributions between randomization and day 42 was 1.27 in favor of tamsulosin. Unfortunately, the 95% confidence interval did cross 1. It was 0.81 to 2.04. They found that stone expulsion had occurred by 42 days in 77% of patients in the tamsulosin group and 70.5% in the placebo group for a relative risk of 1.1, and again, the 95% confidence interval there crosses 1. There was no statistically significant difference in the number of patients requiring urgent hospitalization or ureteroscopy. So overall, in this fairly small randomized controlled trial, the use of tamsulosin in patients with these small to moderate-sized distal ureteral stones had no benefit with regards to time to stone expulsion, stone expulsion rate of 42 days, or the need for urgent intervention. Now, something very important to note here is that over 70% of patients in the study had a stone that was only 2 to 3 millimeters in diameter. So while they did include patients up to 7 millimeters, the vast majority of patients had very, very small stones. It's possible that because they included such a large number of patients with small stones that they missed a potential benefit of tamsulosin in patients with larger stones. Also, again, they used that fluoroglucinol, which also may have masked some of the benefit of Flomax by acting as its own antispasmodic. So well done study, methodologically very sound, uh, but still doesn't put this issue to rest. The next study we looked at was medical expulsive therapy in adults with ureteric colic, a multicenter randomized placebo-controlled trial. This was in Lancet in 2015. This was a multicenter randomized placebo-controlled trial conducted at 24 hospitals in the United Kingdom. They included adult patients with ureteral stones up to 10 millimeters in size or less that they saw on CT scan. So up to 10 millimeters this time, we're going to include those larger stones. Patients were randomized to receive either tamsulosin, nifedipine, or placebo until either the stone passed or 28 days had passed, whichever came first. Now this was a much larger study. They randomized 1,167 patients. 391 in the tamsulosin group, 387 in the nifedipine group, and 389 in the placebo group. However, they also found no difference with regards to the primary outcome, which was stone passage at the end of 28 days. 81% of patients in the tamsulosin group had passed their stone, 80% in the nifedipine group, and 80% in the placebo group. So an unadjusted odds ratio of tamsulosin compared to placebo of 1.08, with a 95% confidence interval of 0.76 to 1.56. Obviously, comparing nifedipine to placebo and any medical expulsive therapy to placebo, they also found no statistically significant improvement. 
they documented only three adverse events in patients in the nifedipine group, one in the placebo group, and none in the tamsulosin group, so very low rates. A couple of issues I had with this study. It was methodologically very sound. It was very well done. But when they looked at the patients that they had, about three-quarters of the patients in the study had a stone that was less than or equal to 5 millimeters in diameter. So again, the vast majority of patients had these smaller to moderate-sized stones. And in their figure 2, they actually broke down the patients based on multiple different things, including the location of the stone, the size of the stone. And when you just look at patients with stones that were more than 5 millimeters in diameter, there's actually a strong trend towards improved stone passage with the use of tamsulosin. Now, this doesn't achieve statistical significance because it's a small number of patients. Uh, it's less than 200. But there is a strong trend towards it. And I'd wonder if they included more patients with larger stones, if there would have been a benefit in those patients. It would have been a subgroup analysis, but at least it would have been thought-provoking. Other problem I have is that they included patients with both proximal and distal ureteral stones. So they included anyone with a stone, didn't matter where the stone was. And again, when they broke it down based on the location of the stone, patients with a stone that were in the lower third of the ureter, there was a trend towards improvement with tamsulosin or nifedipine in terms of stone passage. Again, it's a trend because it's a smaller number of patients, but it's interesting. You wonder if you combine those two things, larger stones, distal stones, maybe patients with large distal stones would see some benefit. But my biggest problem with the study is the hubris that the authors have in their discussion section. I'm going to read you what they wrote. The precision of our result, ruling out any clinically meaningful benefit, suggests that further trials involving these agents for increasing spontaneous stone passage rates will be futile. Additionally, subgroup analysis did not suggest any patient or stone characteristics predictive of benefit from MET. Now that's pretty ballsy to say that any further research on this area would be futile, telling all of the researchers to stop what they're doing and throw their hands up and say, I guess we're done. Uh, I would say that their subgroup analyses did suggest a benefit in patients with larger stones and more distal stones, and perhaps it is worth looking at that. Fortunately, the authors of our fourth paper ignored these guys and continued to do their research and publish their results. So our fourth study, Distal Ureteric Stones and Tamsulosin, a double-blind, placebo-controlled, randomized, multi-center trial published in the Annals of Emergency Medicine in 2016. So this was another big multi-center randomized trial, double-blinded, conducted at five hospitals in Queensland, Australia. So these guys included adults, again with a stone 10 millimeters or less in size, but this time only in the distal ureter. They randomized them to receive either placebo or tamsulosin taken for 28 days or until stone passage, and looked at the primary outcomes of stone expulsion by 28 days and time to stone expulsion. And these guys actually decided to do a pre-specified subgroup analysis looking at patients with larger stones, 5 to 10 millimeters in size, the ones that our meta-analysis suggested might have some benefit from this therapy. They ended up with 393 patients in their final analysis, 198 in the tamsulosin group and 195 in the placebo group. Looking at all patients, they found that stone passage occurred in 87% in the tamsulosin group and 82% in the placebo group for an absolute risk reduction of 5.1% and a 95% confidence interval from minus 3% to 13%, so not statistically significant. Also, the median time to stone passage was not significantly different between the two groups. Now, in their subgroup analysis of patients with larger stones, they found that passage occurred in 83.3% in the tamsulosin group and only 61% in the placebo group. Here we have an absolute risk reduction of 22.4% 
with a 95% confidence interval from 3.1% to 41.6% and a number needed to treat of 4.5. So in the subgroup analysis, looking only at larger stones that did achieve statistical significance and tamsulosin improved passage rates. This study, like any, had its problems. First of all, compliance with study medication was generally quite poor in both groups. And while this may reflect a real-world scenario, uh, it unfortunately does not speak to the efficacy of tamsulosin very well. It'd be nice to know what would happen if people actually took the medications. For their primary outcome, which was stone passage based on CT scan at 28 days, they only had outcome data for about 80% of their patients. Pretty large amount of attrition, unfortunately. Other than that, it was a pretty methodologically sound study, as were the previous two. Now, the biggest problem is this subgroup analysis. It's interesting, it's thought-provoking, but unfortunately, as a subgroup analysis, it probably should not be practice-changing. And despite what the authors of our third paper said, I think that this points to the need for even more research. Perhaps we need a study that specifically looks at these larger stones. We need to stop studying patients with small stones and giving them tamsulosin. It's pretty clear that it doesn't provide any benefit to those patients, I think, based on this bulk of data. But there is still the question of whether patients with larger stones may benefit. And actually, there was another meta-analysis that came out very recently in the last couple of months by Wong et al. And they included all of these studies that we've talked about. And they found that for patients with stones 5 to 10 millimeters in diameter, there was an absolute risk reduction of 22%, 95% confidence interval of 12% to 33%, and a number needed to treat of 5 so when you look at the bulk of the data and look at only patients with large stones, it does seem to suggest that these patients do benefit. So I still think this is a contentious topic. My takeaway from all of this is that for patients with small stones, those four millimeters or less in diameter, there's really no benefit to giving tamsulosin, and we should probably stop doing it. For patients with larger stones, especially ones that are in the distal ureter, it appears that there may be some benefit. For now, I would continue giving those patients Flomax. I think there's very little risk, at least for most patients, in doing so. Now, patients who are on multiple blood pressure medications, those who have a history of syncope or orthostasis or getting lightheaded, older patients, patients who are on anticoagulants, anyone who's going to be at high risk if they get lightheaded and fall, maybe those patients we shouldn't. But for the vast majority of our patients, there's very little downside to giving Flomax, and there does seem to be some benefit. It would be nice to see a study specifically looking at these larger stones, and maybe we'll get that in the future. And if so, maybe that will be the nail that finishes this thing off. Well, that's all I've got for you guys this time. As usual, thanks for listening in, and I hope you'll join us again in the future. Go ahead and subscribe to us in iTunes if you enjoyed this. Go check out our webpage, emjclub.com. Follow us on Twitter, where we're at emjclub, and like our Facebook page, which is also emjclub. And I hope to see you guys back next time. Mm-hmm.